A number of retired generals are warning of a coming civil war in 2024. That's right. In this video, we're going to take a look at the latest insurrection alarm being sounded by the Washington Post. We're going to see how others in the mainstream media are taking the threat of civil war in our nation very seriously. And stick me to the very end of this video when we'll find out what's really going on and how a civil war may indeed be already upon us. You're not. Going to want to miss this. Greetings, everyone. Dr. Steve here with you. Great to be with you. As always, I am your daily fake news antidote. As each and every day, I provide patriotic analysis to help you to think better so you can feel better in these crazy and turbulent times. So if you haven't already done so, you know what to do. Make sure to smack that bell and subscribe. But before we begin, gang, tonight is the night. You are all invited to our live virtual Christmas party tonight, December 20th. At 7 p.m. Eastern, I'll be inviting some special guests, giving away gifts, sharing some special Christmas stories and more. Now, there is a fee to attend, but not if you're a member of our new Change America initiative. So make sure you join that initiative by clicking on the link below. You have just hours left, so don't wait. Click on that link to sign up for our Change America program. And I'll see you tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern for a wonderful Patriot Christmas celebration all right gang let's dive right in here well we've got a very significant development in the ongoing concern about the outbreak of a very real civil war happening in our nation three retired generals published a piece in the washington post a couple of days back warning that a divided military could fuel a very real, genuine civil war in 2024. It was a fascinating article, if not for merely confirming just how woke America's military brass really have become. These three generals are clearly drunkards on leftist Kool-Aid. But their surmisal confirms that our nation is in the process of a mass disruption, which may indeed lead to armed conflict if it hasn't redone so. These retired generals begin their piece lamenting the one-year anniversary of what they're calling, quote, the deadly insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. Stop! There was no insurrection. That comes straight from an official FBI investigation. The FBI concluded that there was scant evidence that the riot on January 6th was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election. There was no insurrection. These three generals, these former generals, they know it. But remember, as far as the left is concerned, it's always okay to lie, just as long as those lies disparage and belittle your political opponents. That's the mainstream media, like the Washington Post, in a nutshell. So these so-called generals are simply woke warriors and thank God they're retired. Keep in mind, 18 deaths and $2 billion worth of damage because of race riots throughout the nation. That's totally cool. In fact, what we need to do is we need to build monuments on behalf of social justice warriors all over the nation as a result of those riots. But January 6th, well, that was the single greatest assault on America since 9-11. But we go on. What's really concerning to these generals is that one in 10 of those arrested at the Capitol had a military service record. 10% of those charged in the January 6th riots had a military service record. So the concern that these woke generals, these mini-millies, we might call them, the concern is that in the event of another contested election, the military is at risk of splitting apart with its loyalties, with one side going with the Democrat leader and the other side going with Trump or another Trumpian-like DeSantis. And what's so interesting about this article is it recognizes how Trump or another Republican 
could issue orders in the guise of a shadow government. And what's so interesting about that observation is that we've been noticing over the last several months that a number of left-wing out outlets, most recently CNN, have admitted that Trump is indeed currently running what is akin to a shadow government. He remains the de facto leader of the Republican Party. He's amassed over $100 million in his own personal war chest with the Save America PAC, which is twice the amount raised by the RNC, the Republican National Committee, that still funds rhinos. And he's basically getting red states to do his bidding at the legislative level, like Georgia, where they're about to ban ballot drop boxes. God bless them. So he's controlling federal Republicans with this massive cash machine, and he's controlling state and local Republicans as the de facto leader, literally the president of red states. And this is what these retired generals are beginning to freak out over, because in many respects, these split loyalties are already happening. They give the example of Brigadier General Thomas Mancino, the commanding general of the Oklahoma National Guard, who recently refused to enforce an order from Bumblin Biden mandating that all National Guard members get vaccinated. General Mancino made it absolutely clear that his commander-in-chief is not Biden, but rather Oklahoma's Republican governor. And Oklahoma's governor is solidly standing with General Mancino in full support of him. It was an utterly humiliating moment for Biden, to say the least. The Washington Post article actually pointed out as well that 124 retired military officers released a letter echoing President Trump's concerns about the election integrity back in November of last year. So these retired woke warriors are clearly concerned that a split military is in the making as we speak. And so at the end, they give, you know, the usual tired, meaningless, worn out suggestions for how to prevent such a civil war from breaking out. First, every one of the leaders who inspired the insurrection on January 6th has to be held accountable. None of them have been held accountable yet, and that all needs to change. I mean, I, I kid you, this is actually considered serious rhetoric on the part of the Washington Post. Leaders in D.C. need to do more to hold people accountable, inspire January 6th. So, uh, yeah, 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 don't hold your breath. Then, of course, the military has to weed out any and all patriots from their ranks, blah, blah, blah. They have to find all potential mutineers, yada, yada, and the like. It's all a bunch of pathetic plaver. But it does raise the question as to whether a civil war really is imminent in our nation. The New York Times just published a piece claiming that we are indeed edging closer to a civil war. And the reason? Well, if you can believe it, it's because of Texas's abortion law. That's right. Just as Southern politicians once claimed that they had a right to control the bodies of black slaves, so now a new generation of Texas politicians claims that they have the right to control the bodies of women. I mean, that's the logic of the world of leftist liberals. The equivocation here is beyond absurd, but it does highlight, however ridiculously, it does highlight how a clash in incommensurable values is at the heart of this massive political and cultural upheaval that we're going through. You know, a few years back, Pat Buchanan wrote an excellent piece on the question of what on earth still unites us as a nation. I mean, the term nation is actually derived from the Latin natio, which means birthplace. We actually get the word nativity from it. So that means that populations within a nation were at the very least united by a common homeland, by a common region or territory from birth. But with open borders and globalist-inspired immigration policies, well, that unity is dead. So what then unites us? Well, 
Historically, it was the timeless values of faith, family, and freedom. Buchanan pointed out as a common faith and culture, a common language and history, heroes and holidays, customs and traditions, all rooted in the Judeo-Christian Western tradition. But now we're being told that that tradition is irredeemably, irredeemably racist, sexist, and homophobic. So what then still unites us? Well, before we answer that question, Christmas is almost here and you gotta get one of our amazing t-shirts for the Patriots in your life. We got the best designs in the world like our latest Let's Go Brandon t-shirts or Freedom is Not Free. It's awesome and your family and friends are gonna love it. So make sure to click on the link below. Get your Patriot merch today. These designs are the perfect Christmas gift for the Patriots in your life, but they're not gonna last for long. So click on that link in the description below. To both support this channel and spread patriot hope. And let's make this the most patriotic Christmas ever. All right, gang. So, really, what still unites us? Well, according to our media elite and our permanent political class, liberal cosmopolitan values are supposed to be uniting us right now. We're all liberals now, as they say. We're all liberals. We're all globalists. We're all dedicated to the new values of equity and social justice and so-called progress. And if you're against those values, well, then you're a domestic terrorist. You're an insurrectionist. You're as bad as the attackers on 9-11. In other words, we are now, according to our globalist political elite, we are all now united by liberal values. And if you dissent from that, then we're going to crush you. We're all liberals now, and no form of dissent, liberal dissent, will be tolerated. So obviously, those of us who find that we are still united by faith, family, and freedom, the timeless values, obviously, we aren't abiding by such patent tyrannical nonsense. And it appears that more and more the population wants nothing to do with it either. CRT, critical race theory, right? cultural Marxism, they're all being rejected by the vast majority of our nation. The Virginia elections prove that. More and more Americans want nothing to do with so-called transgender athletes. I mean, the editor of Swimming World magazine is actually likening transgender athletes to athletes who dope to compete. It's a completely unfair, unethical advantage. Everywhere we look, cosmopolitan values are actually being rejected. So in many respects, a civil war is already being fought. The battlefield still remains the ballot. But it appears very clear that a growing majority of voters want nothing more to do with the leftist globalism of our governing elite. A showdown of some kind appears unavoidable, but what that showdown will actually be has yet to be determined. Now, before you go, you'll definitely want to check out my latest video compilation on feminist failing basic logic. It's tons of fun. It's going to absolutely make your day. So make sure to click on the link and I'll see you over there. God bless. An advisor to the CIA, specifically covering civil war in other countries, who is not allowed to make formal assessments about the U.S., has said, we are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe. This is according to a new study. We also have three retired generals who say they fear that the military is becoming polarized and could split down the middle, and that if we don't act now, a military coup may succeed in 2024.
And I believe that's, uh, I believe they're both correct. I believe both of these, uh, the individual and these generals are correct. We also have Mehdi Hassan on MSNBC who asked, not even that long ago, is another civil war possible in this country? And as you know, if you've been following me for the past several years, I've also asked this question, believing that we are in a cold civil war, which basically means information warfare, low scale insurgency. And this professor who works with the CIA specifically to advise them on when civil war might erupt in another country is saying January 6th may be part of the insurgency phase where we may be entering this. And I think I think we're in it. Let me give you a, a quick understanding and example before we go through all of the things that are happening, happening that I think will just escalate hyperpolarization. We have several different states, five states now, National Guard refusing vaccine mandates. This is part of that great split. But the context here is important. Several years ago, when I was witnessing the street violence, the escalating street violence, and boy, did it get bad. Many people said it will end here. I was told by some politicos in D.C. that I was exaggerating. I was crazy. And even today, many people who comment on Timcast IRL say we're farther away from civil war than we've ever been. Yet repeatedly, different experts and security officials and retired generals and others keep saying we're inching towards this. And I think they're more likely to be correct. Now, of course, people say the media wants fear and they want us divided. So it may be an attempt just to divide the nation. But back when I said that I believed we were we were inching towards a hot civil war, a kinetic civil war, meaning physical violence. And I was told it wouldn't happen because the security apparatus is too strong, that at the highest levels of the state, there is unity and it will not happen. Just because different political factions on the ground are mad at each other doesn't mean it'll have anything to do with the federal government. But here we are. Different branches of the of the military are faced with very serious ramifications over not enforcing a covid vax mandate. Some 30,000 servicemen and women are not vaccinated and can, and if they don't get vaccinated, will be discharged. So what happens to these groups, tens of thousands of people? Well, at the very least, I can say this. Maybe it's all crazy. Maybe this CIA advisor is wrong. There's not going to be a civil war. Or, or, or we're not even close to one, I should say. Maybe these retired generals are, are wrong as well, and they're looking at the wrong thing. Maybe the, the past security experts who predicted these things were all completely wrong. Maybe my view on what's happening is completely wrong because I'm not psychic. Well, and if that is the case, maybe what we're actually seeing is just the collapse of the United States. I mean, hyperinflation, wholesale, wholesale producer index up 10%, fastest on record, consumer inflation up around 7%, massive, highest been in four decades. Now, these things have all happened before. It's possible that it's just, you know, bad things happen. But could it be that all these bad things happening at once indicate that we may be headed towards something very serious? In New York City, there's fears over a bill that was introduced in 2015 that would give the governor the right to detain people at their own discretion in the name of public health, kind of like Australia. But don't worry, the fact checkers say, no, 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 no one takes the bill seriously. Uh, so there literally is a bill? Fact checkers saying no one is going to get it out of committee doesn't mean the bill doesn't exist. So people are correct when they say in 2015, this bill was introduced. It doesn't matter what's happening today. What matters is the divide is very real. There is in New York City, Bill de Blasio going on TV saying we will deprive you of life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We will to force you to do what we want to do, what we want you to do. 
You will not be able to work. You will not be able to eat. You will be arrested. And the police officers will have a smile on their face as they do it. And in one viral video going around, the female officer not only arrests a man for trespassing because he tried to eat at a Panera Bread without a Vax card, but she also stomps on the American flag, whether it apparently is an accident. But as the American flag is ripped from a man's hand and thrown to the ground, she steps on it without a thought. Now, you may say that's meaningless. It was just in the fray, an accident happened or whatever. But there are a group of people who see that as a symbol, that these police officers would literally tread on the flag to arrest someone because he didn't have his vax card and the restaurant said you can't be in here. Either way, at the very least, maybe civil war is too hyperbolic. Maybe this CIA advisor is wrong, but the country seems to be falling apart. Right now, I'm, 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 I don't want to get too personal, so I won't. But with the holidays coming up, it's crazy to see how individuals are reacting to the news about what's going on in this country. But let's read what this CIA advisor has to say in these retired generals and question why are they the experts? And then I'll show you what's happening. Give you some examples of why I think we are, this country is being torn apart. But before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from all of our different shows, including the TimCast IRL podcast with hundreds of different guests. And as a member, you are supporting all of our journalists. We work hard to fact check and get the news right. And we are funded directly by you guys. Now, don't forget to also like this video, subscribe to this channel and share the video right now anywhere you can to help support the show. Because, of course, we get shadow banned, we get hidden and we could use your support in that regard. Here's the story from The Washington Post. We are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe, new study says. From Dana Milbank writing. If you know people still in denial about the crisis of American democracy, kindly remove their heads from the sand long enough to receive this message. A startling new finding by one of the nation's top authorities on foreign civil wars says we are on the cusp of our own. Barbara F. Walter, a political science professor at the University of California at San Diego, serves on a CIA advisory panel called the Political Instability Task Force that monitors countries around the world and predicts which of them are most at risk of deteriorating into violence by law. The task force can't assess what's happening within the United States. But Walter, a longtime friend who has spent her career studying conflicts in Syria, Lebanon, Northern Ireland, Sri Lanka, the Philippines, Rwanda, Angola, Nicaragua, and elsewhere, applied the predictive techniques herself to this country. Her bottom line, we are closer to civil war than any of us would like to believe. She lays out the argument in detail in her must-read book, How Civil Wars Start, out in January. Aha, there it is. This expert doesn't know anything. She's just trying to sell a book. Maybe. Fair point. Maybe she's just trying to sell a book, realizing the January 6th narrative, the Trump conspiracy narrative, and all of this shenanigans has people on edge. And here she can exploit it to get a book sold. Well, you can choose to believe that by all means. Just, you know, based on the evidence, you can come to your own conclusions. But I would also argue this. The alternative is an expert on civil wars saw something happening and said, I need to write about what's happening in the United States. You got to choose what you think is more likely. Some of you may be naysayers, may be doubters and think we are not close to a civil war. And by all means, with respect, you are free to believe that. But when we have three generals saying a military coup is possible unless we act now, when we have street violence, when we have, what is it, 60 percent of Republicans believing Trump actually won the election. It doesn't matter what you think. I personally 
do not believe Trump won the election. I believe this country is so divided that many people gleefully went and voted against Trump. But that's same to the point. No one believes each other. Many people don't believe me because we're divided. Quote, no one wants to believe their beloved democracy is in decline, headed toward war, she writes. But if you're an analyst in a foreign country looking at events in America, the same way you'd look at events in Ukraine or of the Ivory Coast or Venezuela, you would go down a checklist, assessing each one of the conditions that make civil war likely. And what you would find is that the United States, a democracy founded more than two centuries ago, has entered a very dangerous territory. Indeed, the United States has already gone through what the CIA identifies as the first two phases of insurgency, the pre-insurgency and incipient conflict phases. And only time will tell whether the final phase, open insurgency, began with the sacking of the Capitol by Trump supporters on January 6th. One of the important uh, ideas that you need to have, I've explained in several of of these videos, is uh, condensing history. When we read about the Civil War, when we read about the American Revolution, we are reading a condensed version of history. When we read about World War II, you need to realize that what was going on took years. In fact, the American Revolution spanned two decades. But we know it as the American Revolution. Open conflict, physical warfare with British Empire, the American colonists shooting at each other in fields. That didn't happen until way down the line. But there were many individual stories. I mean, take a look at the history. Seriously read the timeline of the American Revolution. Some of these events, the Boston Tea Party, the Boston Massacre, some of these were very far apart from each other years. Today, we are looking at a year, just about, since January 6th. We are looking at uh, uh, several years since Donald Trump. We are looking at a decade since Occupy Wall Street. And you will see, we will, we will see down the line whether or not January 6th is the opening of the final phase. As I've stated in other videos, and I think bears repeating, to all the doubters, to all the naysayers, particularly those on the left, when they say, oh, Tim, civil war, blah, blah, blah. They think it won't happen. And they say, where's that civil war you were talking about, Tim? And then I just dryly go, on January 6th, about 800 Trump supporters stormed into the Capitol, shutting down the Electoral College uh, voting process to determine the president. And then you get the point. Now, you can make, make all the comments you want about, you know, the doors were opened by the cops in some circumstances. My point is, if their issue is to come to me and say I'm wrong, and I just keep, I can keep referencing all of these things that have come to fruition. I'm not saying that we are guaranteed down that path. Just because, you know, this is the gambler's fallacy. They go look at the roulette wheel and it says, you know, the last five rolls were red. And they say to themselves, well, certainly, you know, black must be due. So they, you know, put 50 bucks on black and then red comes up again. And they're like, how is that possible? Because each individual roll is an independent action. Well, yeah, that's the gambler's fallacy, I'm pretty sure. The sunk cost fallacy is I've bet so much, I better keep going. But there's a lot of people who don't want to believe. They say it can't happen here. Well, this expert is literally saying it happened here. Of course, she's blaming Trump. Things deteriorated so dramatically under Trump, in fact, that the U.S. no longer technically qualifies as a democracy. Yes, but was that Trump's fault? I don't think so. They say U.S. democracy had received the polity index score of 10 or close to it for much of its history. But in the five years of the Trump area, it tumbled precipitously into the anocracy zone. By the end of his presidency, the score was fallen to a five. And they go on to say that other countries are, are better, like Canada and New Zealand. 
Yeah, well, they're literally mandating medical procedures on their population. I wouldn't call that democracy. They go on to add, it's not just this one person. Others have reached similar findings. The Stockholm-based International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance put the U.S. on a list of backsliding democracies in a report last month. So this is what we've seen, and this is what they're saying now. You can go ahead and believe it won't happen here. They say the enemies of democracy must not be allowed to prevail. We are on the doorstep of the open insurgency stage of civil conflict. And Walter writes that once countries cross that threshold, the CIA predicts, quote, sustained violence as increasingly active extremists launch attacks that involve terror and guerrilla warfare, including assassinations and ambushes. It is no exaggeration to say the survival of our country is at stake. MSNBC's Mehdi Hassan. You can't really. Oh, there we go. On MSNBC, when it, what's the day? October 11th, MSNBC said, is another civil war really possible in America? They entertained this question. And now from the Washington Post, three retired generals, the military must prepare now for a 2024 insurrection. I do not know what will happen. And I have stated in every video talking about this, that for all I know, tomorrow, a Trump, a, a proud boy in a MAGA hat walks with an American flag into Boston, in, into the, into a park in Boston or Philadelphia. And an Antifa guy runs up jogging, pulling his beanie and his mask off or pulling his hoodie down and ripping that mask off with tears in his eyes. And he throws his arms in the air and embraces that proud boy. And they say, we can't fight anymore. We need to come together. I know I'm exaggerating, but do you really believe that the far left and the right, because let's be real, it's not really the far right, but do you believe that even a Democrat and a Trump supporter are going to meet and they're going to embrace hands and say, it's time to unite this country. And then every every Trump supporter and every Democrat, you know, Biden supporter and the left, they're all going to cheer and celebrate, hold hands under the sun and sing good morning, starshine. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Many believed that COVID would be the unifying force, but it's not. Now, look, as I said, I could be wrong. Maybe everyone just gets bored. Jokes aside, maybe everyone's just like, I don't want to do this. Leave me alone. I want to go watch Spider-Man. I went there. I had a great time. Good movie. Good nostalgia. Ah, it was so awesome. I'm just glad they did what they did with that movie. And maybe that's what people really want. And maybe that calms things down. But I don't believe that will change the fact that there are politically active people in by the millions that are angry and are demanding. For the Washington Post. Paul D. Eaton, Antonio M. Taguba, and Stephen M. Anderson. These are retired generals. They say, as we approach the first anniversary of the deadly insurrection at the Capitol, we, all of us, former senior military officials, are increasingly concerned about the aftermath of the 2024 presidential election and the potential for lethal chaos inside our military, which would put all Americans at severe risk. In short, we are chilled to our bones at the thought of a coup succeeding next time. One of our military strength that draws from a diverse population collection of individuals. The signs of potential turmoil in our armed forces are there. He goes on to mention that many of the people who were there were veterans that a service record in, in, in D.C. Recently, he mentions many, the, com- the commanding general of the Oklahoma National Guard refused an order from Biden mandating vaccination of the National Guard. Mancino claimed that while the Oklahoma Guard is not federally mobilized, his commander in chief is the Republican governor of the state, not the president. The potential for a total breakdown of the chain of command along partisan lines from the top of the chain to squad levels is significant should another insurrection occur. Perhaps there is one thing, though, 
that could stop this. There is one thing. The vaccine mandates of the military. If they discharge enough people who are refusing the vaccine, maybe they will weed out these people from the military and then the military won't split. But I have to wonder if that even matters, because these people being discharged is stripping apart the military, in which case 30,000 members, where do they go? And just because someone got the vaccine doesn't mean they support the mandates. You can be pro-vax and anti-mandate as much as, you know, most of the establishment media would not admit to. I want to show you something that I posted that that is partially true. So we have this story from the Daily Beast. Fascist anti-vax riot sparks COVID outbreak in Australia with Rupert Murdoch's help. You see, here's what I predicted. I predicted that first, you know, Australia, they built these quarantine camps. I didn't predict they would do that, but they did. And I said, wow, it's only a matter of time until there's a large protest against the lockdown. The media then claims the protest caused an outbreak. People are then taken from that outbreak and placed in these camps. I tweeted, called it. Next up is placing those in in the outbreak into quarantine at the new Aussie camps. And I was called a conspiracy theorist and a moron. Because as we heard from Quillette, from Josh Zepps, these were just international arrival bungalows. <laughs> Tim, you crazy. Yeah, now what are they doing? Well, we heard from one young woman, an interview from Unheard, that she was taken from her home as a citizen in Australia to the quarantine camp against her will with no due process. So we're not necessarily at the point where they're arresting the protesters, but they're certainly taking and detaining their own citizens, inching toward what I predicted would happen. It's only a matter of time before the international arrival bungalows take people from their homes and put them there. And I was told that would never happen. It's not happening. and I'm crazy. and I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I said, yeah, well, whatever, you know, whatever. Now they're doing it. Now they are doing it. Maybe this is where we will head to in terms of civil war. I don't know. I really don't. I people like people like to say that because I'm seeing the signs and reporting on two different op eds from The Washington Post, believing we're there or MSNBC. These are left publications that I must want one. No, I want to watch more Spider-Man movies. I want to go hang out with my friends at, 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 a, at the sports bar. They're open. And I mentioned this before, open in the new barstool sports arena at the local casino. And oh, man, you're going to sit down, beer on tap. There's wings, big, huge 40 foot screen. That is going to be so much fun up on a balcony. Oh, man, I love it. That's what I want. I want people to live peacefully. I want them to have fun with their friends, to eat, drink and be merry, to have life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. But you see, increasingly within this country, people, they can't agree on what's going to make them happy or not, or how this country should go. And thus, chaos is is coming. I'm going to I'm going to mention it. You know, the 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 interview we did on Tim Castillo with R.A. the rugged man. You know, that whole circumstance says to me. I think we're in serious trouble, worse than I, I, I probably wanted to believe. And a lot of people don't want, you know, they keep saying it's, it's black pill, it's pessimistic. It's not necessarily. The night is always darkest before the dawn. Just because there's something bad on the horizon doesn't mean you ignore everything else. You may be in a beautiful ship with a rainbow to your right and a sun in the sky, but a storm off to your left. Or which one is that? That's a starboard. I don't know. And the storm's bad. And I'm telling you, the storm is coming. It doesn't mean we ignore the beauty all around us or what lies beyond that storm. What I mean to say is, although these things may happen, there's a potential net benefit. 
if, you know, it results in more personal freedom, if it is something that happens in 80 year cycles in this country, prosperity lies beyond. And it's unfortunate that we have to go through periods of turmoil, but it seems it's what humans are, are almost destined for. From the New York Times, vaccine holdouts in Army and Navy will be dismissed. And we've already started seeing it. Let's, let, let, let me show you some of what's going on. Governor Abbott is refusing to enforce the COVID-19 mandate for the National Guard. Wow. So it's not just Oklahoma. Five more states challenge Pentagon's vaccine mandate for guardsmen. Five states. From the Daily Mail, the U.S. military is delaying religious exemptions for more than 12,000 troops. We're being ripped apart. We are being, we're being ripped apart. And, may, and maybe it's, a, I don't know. There's a lot of people who just don't want to believe it can happen here. And I'm telling you, don't, don't, don't believe that. I mean, you, I've just talked about this so much that it's crazy to be at this point that every single time I've done a segment on this, I'm told it's not going to happen. And then every single time we see something bringing us closer and closer to that brink. Here's another story from the Daily Mail. America is a tinderbox and the whole thing will blow up if one more match is lit. Activist warns after teenager is cleared in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I think they're right. And you have to understand that you might not agree with them or like them, but they feel this way and they are ready. Now, here's the important thing you need to understand. 2021 is an off cycle year. There was no there were elections, but no major cycle elections. And so everyone's exhausted from 2020 and things kind of just, you know, everyone's kind of not really paying attention, not a whole lot to do. People were just tired. 2022 is when the fight rages back, when the midterms are coming. The Republicans are expected to take a red, expecting a, a red wave, and they may get it. Maybe not. I don't know. And if they do, the Democrats will lose their minds. They're already non-cooperative. The only reason anything is happening right now is because Democrats were extremely violent. And yeah, I mean it because Antifa absolutely, as much as they hate the establishment, do align more so with the Democrats and would embrace it. Many regular young people who are not really Antifa or Black Lives Matter will march with these violent riots. That's my point. So long as they're in control, people sleep. Barack Obama gets elected. All the anti-war left goes to sleep. Not everyone, but a lot of them. If the Republicans take control, then you're going to see urban liberals marching alongside Antifa in greater and greater numbers. And then what happens come 2023 when Trump promises a return to normalcy and more and more people come out for him? You see, Republicans don't do this. When Republicans are out of power, they complain on the Internet. They get banned. They get silenced. They refuse to speak up for their own children. But if they end up winning politically, the left, well, they're going to throw a Molotov into that tinder box. And a statement from the White House from this is from uh, Mr. Zients, who is part of the coronavirus task force. He says for the unvaccinated, you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your family and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. It is expected that Joe Biden will address the nation Tuesday with a stark warning for unvaccinated people eyeing a potentially stark shift in messaging around ending the pandemic. Many people believe this may be more mandates, more lockdowns, more restrictions. We don't know. Or he may just insult people. But we already are inching towards the extreme lockdowns, which I believe could bring about very serious consequences for this country. Assembly Bill A416 relates to the removal of cases, contacts and carriers of communicable diseases who are potentially dangerous to the public health. From the New York State Senate, currently bill status in Assembly Committee. It's in committee. It was reported on earlier this year. 
It's been reintroduced since 2015. And we are told by PolitiFact that it is fake news. It's fake news. The New York State Senate, Senator Kevin Thomas, uh, uh, on his page, we can see detention camp bill misinformation spreads on social media. Randy F. Marshall says it's fake news. It's not real. Let me tell you what is real. The bill exists. It's sitting there. It's been introduced. Give the governor the power to unilaterally decide who's a threat to public health, to take them and decide where to put them. That would be taking a citizen without charge or trial and no due process and removing them. Why was it reintroduced? Why was it introduced in the first place? And why shouldn't we be worried that people have even postulated on the idea? Certainly, we can say this should never come up in American discourse, but it is. And it has in the past. The Japanese were interned, violation of due process, because, well, sometimes you get people with power and they'll take it and they'll exploit it and they'll use it. Bad people. And right now you've got the establishment saying we are effectively in a wartime period. And so how long until they say we must? More importantly, what if the military, the retired generals are correct and that we do see a split in the military? What if this this doctor, this uh, CIA advisor is correct and we are on the verge of a civil war? And then under the guise of covid, New York begins removing undesirables. What if the bill exists, doesn't it? It's the direction we're inching towards. Eric Swalwell tweeted on a flight now to Bay Area, and it's 100 percent baddie that the unvaccinated are allowed to fly. It's unsafe in the cabin and we are transporting the virus. Requiring the vaccine to fly is the least we can do to stop the spread. Mara Gay, Mayor Bill de Blasio, asks Biden to invoke the Defense Production Act, Act says rightly that NYC needs more at-home tests, more monoclonal antibody treatments, and fast-tracking of Pfizer's antiviral pill Paxlovid. From the New York Times, whiplash on U.S. vaccine mandate leaves employers totally confused. Totally confused employers stripping away the economy of this country. Inflation is through the roof. There's breakthrough cases among very high-profile individuals. Businesses don't know whether they can can't or have to mandate masks or vaccines or what's even going on anymore. And a lot of people like to mention Yuri Bezmenov. You know, he talks about demoralization and he is correct. And it's come to pass. So I can tell you, maybe what I see when I read all this news, I see conflict between two sides, those in the matrix and those outside of it. Now, certainly if you're outside the matrix, you can believe things that are incorrect. And certainly if you're inside it, you may see things that are true. But there are many people who are establishment Democrat and left who don't do research. I'll give a shout out to Vosh. You may be familiar with him. He's a a Twitch streamer and YouTuber, and he's considered left wing. But I think it's fair to say that he holds um, many traditional conservative positions that we've seen uh, in in the 90s, 2000s, notably the defense of corporations, their rights and the CIA and their black sites. Now, I'm not saying that to say that all of his opinions are typically always aligned with this, but I bring that up to make a point. People like Vosh, um, while he did recently defend me, he also called me a conservative. Meanwhile, conservatives say Tim Pool is anything but a conservative. He's certainly not. And I'm not. Not a suit wearing TP USA going flag waving individual. Never have been. Actually, rather in many ways, libertarian or uh, even anarchist in some ways, philosophically to a certain degree. 
But then there's also a difference between idealism and realism. So I don't know. I don't I fall into a weird position. I think ultimately what it comes down to is that I believe in reality. My political positions may lean left. I don't trust the government, but I know what's true and what's not to a greater degree than the average person. We did an analysis on Timcast IRL of political positions and found that most of the news I interact with is left-leaning, 55%, followed by about a quarter of the news I interact with being moderate independent, and then another quarter being about right-wing. People like Vosh, for instance, 95% left-wing news. So what happens is you'll get people who watch this clip, say about R.A. the Rugged Man. You may have seen that going viral, and they don't watch the full thing. Because the full context of that clip was Tim Pool, who um, mematically refers to himself as mixed race, explaining that white supremacists are bad, they're evil, and they actually attacked my family because my family is second generation mixed race. And then a white man laughed, said, that never happened. You're lying. You're Jesse Smollett. It's interesting because Vosh made a good point. He said to his audience, if this was anyone else, a mixed race person saying they experienced racism and a white person was laughing in their face, you would be on their side, but you just don't like Tim Pool. Vosh was correct about this, but also incorrect about other things. But it exemplifies why I think conflict is where we are headed, and it has to do with those who are in the matrix and those are outside of it. While Vosh makes a very good point, he only actually saw a few small clips of the show for which he made an incorrect statement about me being a conservative. In fact, he's made some progress. The first time he came on the show, he called me far right. And then actually having talked with him, he's like, oh, you're actually conservative. But if he actually were to watch the show in great length and great detail, he'd be like, oh, you're actually like a liberal. But he doesn't. His audience doesn't. And they don't care. They're in the matrix. They don't do research. They can't leave. They're, they're stuck in a bubble and they're angry. And that's I think that's that's the, that's where the pessimism comes from. So I'll put it this way. If you guys know me. And you know, I just did a whole 37 minutes or whatever addressing the R.A. the Rugged Man incident, where I explained systemic racism is real. I believe racism is bad. I believe the black community in the United States uh, has been deeply and negatively impacted by this. And, and as, the, as such, they now experience systemic racism from the remnants of these policies. People my own age grew up in houses that were placed in areas due to redlining or had low family uh, net worth because of blockbusting, which were racist policies and they were legal. Now they're not. Millennials, people our age are still experiencing that. That's real. So how is it that abolish the police and systemic racism as a problem is a conservative position? Well, it's not. It's clearly not. But you know where you and I agree for the most part? Reality. We agree on reality. We agree that Donald Trump was not God emperor. And there were silly jokes for many people. They love to make those jokes and just make the memes. But come on, we know that many Trump supporters don't really believe it. They like the crassness and the crudeness because Trump was pushing back. But they boo Trump when he supports the vaccine because it's not a cult. Now, certainly there are some people who are in a Trump cult, but they don't know this on the left. They live in a bubble they don't see, see outside of. And that's the blue pill, red pill analogy. You and I can agree that Donald Trump did a lot of good things. The economy was doing really well. He did some bad things, you know, missile strikes in Syria and commando raids in Yemen and drone strikes, things we don't like. Uh, but he was actively working towards withdrawing trips in the Middle East, and we like that. We can recognize that Joe Biden is inherently corrupt, has always been corrupt. His family's fortunes have tracked his career. That's Politico reporting that. We can recognize that I just used CNN and NBC and The Washington Post as sources. 
but they get things wrong a lot and they do have political actors in their organizations. But if you are someone who blindly follows the mainstream media, doesn't believe they're lying to you or just chooses to only read them without reading any conflicting news sources, any conservative news sources, then you are in a bubble and you'll believe incorrect things and you will tell your audience, well, Tim Pool's a conservative and by necessity a racist. But if that were the case, as I stated, Vosh would be a conservative to a certain degree. I mean, it's not really true, right? But when Vosh supports corporate personhood indirectly, when he says that corporations have the right to ban people from the commons that they've seized, well, that's typically where we saw the industrialist conservative types in the 90s and 2000s. Now, I'm making a point. I don't really believe he's conservative. I think he's just authoritarian overtly. And I believe that that's mostly due to the fact that he is in the matrix. He stepped outside of it more so than many on the left will by coming on my show. And thus, his opinion changed from Tim Pool is far right to Tim Pool is a conservative. But think about all these other leftists. You know they don't come on our show. They refuse. And I'll say this. I invited Hassan Piker on the show again, and we would cover all your combative costs or whatever. He didn't respond. He doesn't have to. He doesn't owe me anything. But it's a fact. The people in the Matrix don't want to come out of it. They're scared. So what happens when those who are in the Matrix are confronted by those who are outside of it? Violence. Anger. There are people who are desperate to fit in. And there are people who are independent. There's collectivists and there's individualists. The right is too individualist, so therefore they don't do much. They don't organize. But the left, overwhelmingly collectivist, they lose their minds and march and burn things to the ground when they don't get, that, when they don't get what they want. But the individualists, well, on the right, they tend to be armed. And with record gun buying and everything we're seeing, I definitely believe that we are marching towards a conflict. It doesn't have to be this way, and I hope it isn't. But there's a big difference between predicting something that will, uh, will happen and wanting it to. And I'll give a mention to Ian Crossland, who is on the Timcast IRL show, and he's, he's out for the, for the holiday, as is basically everybody. But I try to work through the holidays, and it's really difficult. And he says that simply by telling people, I'm making it worse. And you know what? He's not wrong. He's not wrong factually, but I believe it's wrong philosophically. There's a challenge here. I see what's happening. It's been happening. It's been getting worse. Okay. Do I stock up on supplies, move to the mountains and become a prepper and say, screw everyone else. I'm getting out of here. Or do I say as a participant in the society, I'm going to talk about what I see, talk about why it's bad, namely China will take over and just make predictions based on what's occurring in this country. Well, if people thought that reporting the news would result in problems, they wouldn't report the news. And that's true. So we need to. We need to tell people, here's what we see. Here's what's happening. Here's what people are saying. And then when people are hearing about it, it may be bad. It may actually result in more people being focused on it and push us closer to the, to the problem. But I do not believe in authoritarianism. I do not believe that I should withhold information from the public out of fear of what might happen. No, I believe you should know the truth. You should hear what I think and hear uh, what I feel. And I could be wrong. And so could this, this CIA advisor, professor. So could these generals. They could all be wrong. But then I'll just ask you, based on everything you've heard, what do you think? Comment and let me know. And I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. We'll be live at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then.